Every year we're going to have Christmas for a cause, and I'm so excited about the potential of what God is going to do today, and, and today I, I want to speak on Christmas for a cause. Before we get too far along, would you join me? Would you please stand? And I thought, you know what? Why don't we just have not just a moment of silence, but even better than that, let's have a moment of prayer, can we? A lot of hurting families today, a lot of hurting families. I thought about this morning that those little kids, probably most of their Christmas presents had already been bought. And so there are families that are going to be reminded of the tragedy that has happened in our country. And we need to pray for those brothers and those sisters and those mothers and the fathers and grandparents and on and on it goes. And we, would you join me to pray to the God Most High? Would you bow your heads right where you're at? Would you just... Send up a prayer. Father God, we ask you today to comfort those that mourn. God, we mourn. And, and God, may we, may we mourn. May, may we be touched when other people are hurt. May we have a sensitive heart, a tender heart. That's what you said, to be tenderhearted towards others. God, it's so easy in the busyness of life. And it's so easy, Father God, just confessing today to you that with everything that's on our plate, it's so easy Lord, to see a child's face on a billboard and not be moved because it's not our child. It's, um, it's so easy to just get angry instead of being broken when tragedy from evil happens like it happened this week. God, I pray for every one of those family members, mamas and daddies, sisters and brothers, teachers, faculty, staff. God, I pray for the whole community. Connecticut, God, I pray that for the leadership of that state, for the leadership of our country, God, may we realize that maybe gun control isn't the only problem. Maybe there's a bigger problem, and that is that evil exists in this world. You can take away every gun, and people will still be evil. God, we understand today that we are living in trying times, in dark days, and we cry out for mercy. God, protect our babies. Forgive us for where we've allowed you to be kicked out of schools. And then wonder why crap like this happens. God, I pray for every school teacher, every principal that has watched this tragedy in American history unfold. No doubt, Lord, probably their greatest nightmare. God, we pray over our community. God, over Gulf Breeze Elementary. 
over this middle school and Principal Cobb and every teacher. God, over the high school, God, we pray for safety, that you would protect our children. God, we ask you for our nation today to turn back to you. Lord, that we would realize that we as a country have, have drifted from you, God. And Lord, may it, in times like these, may we turn back to you. And may we remember how desperate for you we really truly are. It is only our pride that makes us think we can go without God. And then tragedy strikes terror and fear in the heart, only to bring us to a point that we realize how small we are, how short life really is. And lastly, Father God, may we, may we love and may we live like we're dying. May we not take for granted the moments, the memories, our families and our friends, our church family. And may we be lovers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, the Bible says that for, for every time there's a season. I don't understand why tragedies like this happen, except for I know that it's the result of sin. I don't know about you, but I look at what has happened this week, and it makes me angry, makes me tearful, makes me broken, makes me moved, it makes me filled with compassion, makes me feel extra protective, makes me alert, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings come to us, don't they? But I think if there's any feeling, it ought to remind us what Christmas is truly all about. Because what we witnessed this week, what we witnessed was a birth, it was a child, was a byproduct of sin. And that's the very reason why we have Christmas. Is because God saw us helpless and hopeless, hurting, needy, empty, and dead without him. And he said, you know what? I'm going to send my son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It's so easy to look at other people's sins, like what that young man did. Kills his mother, gets three, four guns. Who in the right mind would shoot a first grader and kill a first? Who in their right mind? And we look at that. And, and if you're like me, that just, man, it, it floods. And all of a sudden you feel like, the override has kicked in with all kinds of emotions because that is wicked. And may I just remind you today that that is how God views your sin and my sin. He views it as horrible as we view the tragedy that just took place in the elementary school. 
Sometimes I think it's easy for us to, to think, you know what, we're not that bad. But the reason Christmas happened was because God sent his son to save his people from their sins. Today at 4.30, we're going to go to the beach, and I hope every one of you are going to come. I hope every one of you are not only going to come, but I hope you're going to bring someone. Would you do me a favor for just a minute? Would you pull out your cell phone? Would you pull out your cell phone real quick? Would everyone, I'm going to pull out mine, you pull out yours. We're just going to leverage technology real quick. Can we do that? Some of you think I'm going to tell you to put on vibrate or turn it off. No, I want you to send someone a text message or Facebook. Would you pull out your phone real quick? You got a smartphone. Would you just invite someone real quick to Christmas for a cause? I'm going to do this right here myself. Go ahead and pull it out. Pull it out. Pull out your cell phone. Maybe think of that person, that coworker, your neighbor. Maybe you post it on someone's page. But at 4.30, we're going to have Christmas for a cause at Pensacola Beach. And it's going to be amazing. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to I want to send out a little text here myself. Yeah, have you ever done this before in church? <laughs> kind of crazy, right? Right there. All right, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm, I'm shooting a text out here. I'm just thankful for Siri, too. If y'all don't know Siri, Siri's pretty amazing. You just talk to her and she texts and types. It's pretty cool. But you got to double check it because she may say something you didn't say. And then you might be in the doghouse real fast. Christmas for a cause. 4.30, Pensacola Beach. All right. Awesome. And we're going to bring a couple things. Um, we're bringing blankets. Oh, that's a good blanket, too. Good night. Boy, you could, that one will keep you warm. We're going to bring um, jackets and, uh, and then socks. We're going to collect these items. And the reason why we're doing this is for a cause. And the cause is, is that there are people that are not, um, maybe, maybe they're not as blessed as we are at this point in their life. Maybe they've run into something that they could not overcome, be it addiction or be it failure, and they are kind of stuck in a rut. I understand that, that not everyone that's homeless wants to be homeless, and yet I understand that some people that are homeless, they, they, they are fine with that. But you know what I do understand? I, what I understand is that the Bible says that whatever we do to the least of these, we've done it to him. Jesus said if you give a cup of cold water, or if we can just put it in 2012, if you give someone a bottle of Aquafina in Jesus' name, God says it's just like you give, you're giving it to him. Whatever we do. In fact, Proverbs tells us that when we lend to the poor, we lend to God, and God pays back in full. Isn't that amazing? What a generous God that we have. The generous God. And so today, as we're going to have an amazing time of singing Christmas songs, and it's going to be great. We're going to have hot chocolate, and we're going to have cookies. We even got someone to say, hey, we, and this was kind of last minute, and we didn't seek this. They just blessed us with it, but here's 100 bowls of chili, and, and we believe in what you're doing, and, and it's not cold right now, but, but first 100 people that come and want uh, gourmet chili are going to get a bowl of chili because you know what? We just, we, Christmas time makes us want to give, doesn't it? It makes us want to give back, right? It makes us remember and realize how blessed we truly are. The Bible says every good gift comes from above. 
every good gift. And so today is about saying, you know what? Yeah, it's Christmas time, and to everything there is a season. There is a time for sorrow, but there is also a time for laughter. There is a time when we find ourselves sitting in a funeral home, and we don't want to be there, but there's also a time for dancing at a wedding. For everything, there's a season. And I want to tell you that the reason for this season is Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus today, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce to you the Savior of the world. Not the founder of religion, but the Savior of the world. And he who never sinned, who lived a perfect life, became my sin. He took upon him my sicknesses, my infirmities, my weaknesses, my failures. Every time, every time I ever cussed, every time I ever was disobedient or disrespectful, every time I ever stole something that did not belong to me, every time I was puffed up with pride and thought I was better than someone else, every time I judged someone who I had no right judging because I'd never walked a day or a step, let alone a mile in their shoes. Every time I lied, he took all of my sins and he put it upon himself as if God Almighty took my coat of sin and put it on his body only to watch him Self become the payment for my sins and for your sins. Did you know that long time ago that God, the triune God, that's Father God, that's the Son and the Holy Spirit, had a plan? Maybe you're here today and that's you, man. You got a plan for everything. You are so organized. You are so detailed. You got plan A, plan B, plan C. You ain't got plan D, right? And people know that's how you are. They know that's how you're wired You don't think about plan A without having three plans to back it up because that's how God made you and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, can I tell you today that God Almighty created Adam in his likeness and then he gave him a help me. Her name was Eve and he saw her and he's like, whoa, man, she's beautiful and God put him in a garden. It was perfect and it was beautiful and he said, knock yourself out. Don't touch that tree. That will mess you up. Your eyes will be opened to the tree of the knowledge of good and what did we see this week? What will we do today? Good. And your eyes will be opened and you will see goodness like you've maybe never seen it before. But you also see evil like you've never been aware of. And he said, don't touch that. And the Bible says that they disobeyed. They were tempted from a serpent. The Bible says that old serpent, the devil. And he tricked (coughs) them to disobey God and to take what God said would hurt him. And you know what he did? He told them a lie. He is the father of all lies. He told them the same lie he's been saying for a long time. In fact, he's told you some of the same lies. Some of you believe the same lie. He said, did God say? Did God say? Did God really say not to touch that? Don't ever put a question mark where God puts a period. 
God said, don't touch it, it will hurt you. Satan put a question mark. Did God really say God's holding back from you? God doesn't want you to to experience this. God doesn't want you to have all this life. God is keeping it away from you. In other words, you can't trust him. And the truth is God was trying to protect them. And the Bible says one man screwed it up for all of us. And he took that fruit. We say apple. In fact, we got, I got a, an iPad and an iPhone and right, we're just apple enthusiasts around here. Got a little bite taken out of it, but we don't know it was really an apple. The Bible says it was just this fruit. It's forbidden. He said, don't touch it. But the Bible says Eve took a bite of that. And then she gave it to Adam, and Adam was standing right next to her. He should have said, no, he should have protected, like the teacher that protected her students, moving them to another wall and protecting her students, shot and killed for what she was passionate about, her students, and the privilege to teach little children made in the image of God. He should have protected, but he didn't. He wussed out. He took a bite and their eyes were open. And the Bible says in that moment, listen to me, sin kicked the doors down and flooded the world. And it spread like a cancer that doesn't care. And every boy and girl, every man and woman has been infected with the disease, with the cancer of sin. That's why the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. It doesn't matter what your name is or how much things you've accomplished in this world, how many accolades you have. doesn't matter how many buildings you own. doesn't matter how how many businesses you run or doesn't matter if you say, I don't care. I don't believe in it. It's not going to affect me. I'm just going to do my own thing. It, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist. And the Bible says only the fool has said in their heart, no God. There is no God. But really, they're saying no. Like, I don't want the truth. The Bible says that men walk in darkness because they love darkness over light. And so God knew that. And God said, you know what? You remember that plan B that we had? Because plan A was for Adam and Eve to live perfect forever. But we got a plan B, and his name is Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. And not just them, but the sins of the whole world. And so we pick up in the scripture today, in the book of Matthew, I'll be reading from the message. The birth of Jesus, verse 18, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. And before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. Men, can you imagine being engaged to your wife? The wedding day is coming up. She's busy getting everything set for the wedding, right? Isn't that just a nerve-wracking time? Isn't that just, man, I mean, right? How many of you guys have recently been married? Would you raise your hand? I know we got a couple couples in here. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right before the wedding, it gets hectic. It gets crazy. People act like the devil, man. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter if it's the daughter, the mother, the husband. I mean, it just get crazy. It gets stupid crazy sometimes. And so easy, so easy in the rush of that and in the pool of that, in the magnitude 
of we want the wedding to go so well. Kind of get lost in the craziness. But men, can you imagine the woman that you love finding out that she's pregnant? And you know it ain't yours because y'all haven't slept together yet. Can you imagine that? That's where Joseph was. And then, and then it gets crazier because then all of a sudden, then your fiance says, I'm going to tell you something crazy. Don't trip, but I'm going to tell you something crazy. I promise you, I promise you, I've not had sex with a man. This is of God. What you're seeing here, I've been a good girl. It wasn't me. I'm telling you, Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says God put a baby in here. The Bible says that Mary was a virgin. She had, she had never known man. She never slept with a man, never had sex. And now all of a sudden she's telling her husband, this thing that you're upset about, I understand. I, I, I wasn't that happy either. You know, it was just kind of crazy. But then I was like, oh my goodness. I, let me explain to you what has happened. God Almighty has put the Son of God within me. And he'll be the Savior of the world. Can you imagine just trying to wrap your arms around that? Hello? That's a crazy day. There's Joseph and Mary trying to figure this one out. The Bible says... Before they came to the marriage bed, he discovers she's pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that, which means in English, he probably was a little bit upset. He probably a little bit angry, probably raised his voice a little bit because he didn't realize that. Joseph was noble, though, and he was determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. You know, according to the law in the Bible, if a woman did that, if you're going to marry her and then she slept with another guy, you had the right to take her out and stone her and have her killed, Johnny on the spot. But he, being a man full of grace, said, you know what? I'm not going to disgrace you. I'm going to take care of things quietly because love, love does some amazing things. And he loved her. The Bible says, well, he was trying to figure a way out. He's pacing. He's like, how am I going to do this? How do we keep this a secret? I don't want her embarrassed. What about her family? Man, my goodness. He's trying to figure everything out. He's got some taxes coming due, too. I mean, it's just a little hectic. You know, it's kind of like April for some of us. And the Bible says, well, he's trying to figure a way out. He has a dream, and God's angel spoke to him in the dream. And here's what the angel said. Joseph, son of David. You remember David. He killed Goliath. He's in the lineage. This is important because Jesus is the son of David. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. Now God intervenes and does a miracle so that he doesn't just have to take Mary's word for it. He gets an angel to appear and say, by the way, I know it sounds crazy. I know it's really, really, really out there. But what she told you is true. It's of God. God's Holy Spirit made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, which means God saves. Because he, Jesus, will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's sermon to full term. By the way, hundreds of years before this, this was written. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, which is Hebrew for God with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. Don't you love that? He was obedient. He married Mary, 
But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And Joseph named the baby Jesus. And God has this whole big idea that there needed to be a Christmas because there's a cause. And the cause was not people being cold because they don't have shelter or roofs over their head. The cause, what they, the cause was that they were dead in their sins. And only a sacrificial death from a spotless lamb, which had happened for hundreds and hundreds of years, leading all the way up to it, that every year that they would take an innocent lamb and they would take that lamb and they would cut the throat and the blood of that spotless lamb would bleed out and that blood would atone. That blood would cover. That blood would pay for. That blood would release the debt for that family that year. And John the Baptist, who's seeing Jesus later in his ministry, said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Do I know why everyone dies? I don't understand. I don't understand why little kids, there would be little caskets. I don't get that. But the Bible says that death entered into the world. And death entered into the world because sin entered into the world. And death is the caboose of sin. And when death entered and spread, or excuse me, when sin entered and spread, death was right behind it. But the good news today is the news that God is with us, that he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant. He became a man. He had his bottom wiped as a little baby, and he was among us. And the reason he came, the Bible says, was to seek and to save those which were lost. And the truth is, everyone is lost without him. It's like the movie, I see dead men walking. The truth is, we are all dead until we receive eternal life, which is in Jesus I've never, ever, ever, ever heard someone say, you know what, I'm an atheist, and being an atheist has totally changed my life. And it's made me, my faith, and, and having no faith has, has made me the kind of good person I am today, to love people and forget. I've never heard that. My dad was in Vietnam, and he said, Tim, when we were in Vietnam in the foxholes, when literally hell was falling from the sky, dad said, you know what? There were no atheists at that moment. People that cursed God, people that laughed at God, people that made fun of God were crying for mercy in that moment. I wanna tell you something. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas is for a cause. And the cause is for you. In fact, the cause is you, and the cause is me, because God of all eternity, eternity stepped into time when Mary had a little lamb, and he came, and he said, you know what? I'm coming to die. That's my purpose. And 30 years, he lived, and three years after 30 years, his ministry affected 
hundreds and thousands of people. And a few days before his death, they were saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They're saying, You're the one. Hail, Hosanna. You're the one. Deliver us from all of this. Only for a few days later, they crucified him on a cross. And the tragedy we witnessed this week was in no comparison to the tragedy of our maker who knew no sin. Literally, by his own will, taking upon him the sins of everyone so he could absorb the sin and become the payment because Christmas for a cause. And the cause was you. The cause was that God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. The Bible says that whoever believes in him would not die. That word die means be separated from God. You see, sin puts a chasm between us and God. And God wanted you to know what to do about the chasm. So he sent his son, Jesus. He gave us the Bible. It's his text message to us to let us know that we didn't have to walk alone. We didn't have to be alone. That God came to be with us. Christmas for a cause. And the cause was so that he could erase, delete, forgive your sins. All of them. Once and for all. No wonder. No wonder they call him the Savior. The teacher I heard about last night on the news She put her life in front of her students because she had courage, yes. Because she wanted to protect them to the best of her ability, yes. She's young, mid-20s. Because she wanted to die, no. Because she was filled with love. And love lays down its life for those Behind it. Greater love. No man has ever demonstrated. Except when Jesus laid down his life. For the cause. And that cause. Is you. And that cause. Is me. Would you. Bow your heads for a moment. People are moving. The band is coming. People are getting in place. I want you to understand that today, the reason why we meet today is because we love this God. How could I not love a God that loved me first, that forgave me, that gave me mercy when I didn't deserve it and gave me grace when I couldn't earn it? Knowing everything I've ever done, he still chose me and said, I will pay the price. I will give my life. I'll shed my blood every drop so that you who are a sinner, that's all you know. You have a sin nature. Like a dog, you, you can't get a dog not to bark. You can put a shot collar on that dog's still going to bark because that dog has a nature. And the very nature of that dog is a dog and dogs bark. And you can try to clean up your act. 
You can go, you can say, you know what, I, this, this new year, I'm going to take positive steps and I'm going to join AA. I, I'll tell you, man, I'm going to come over here and, and I, I'm going to try to quit, um, you know, quit drinking so much. And, and you know what, maybe you're there and you're like, man, I just got to stop doing drugs. Or maybe you don't have problems with that, but your problem is, is you are just full of anger and you're just a mean person. But you're, you're reading some great self-help books and Dr. Phil and Oprah is having some say and, and you're thinking this year could be a greater year. Can I tell you something? Only Jesus will give you life. Everything else is a band-aid. And I, I, I'm not asking you to understand it all because I don't understand it all. I just want you to have it all. And I'm asking you today that are here, I'm asking you to say, you know what? I just want my eyes to be open. I mean, hello, we sing about him every Christmas. And, and ACL, you can try to take Christ out of Christmas, but I want to tell you something. They're not that strong, and they're not that good. You can say Xmas, you can say whatever you want, to, happy holidays, but Jesus is and will always be the reason for the season. And you can't stop his birthday celebration. Because the stars sing in unison. And about this time of year, they're working on the happy birthday, Messiah. The hallelujah chorus is starting to come into effect. And the waves and abundance keep rolling. And creature after creature after creature joins in. And angels that we've never even seen. It's, it's like the movie The Matrix. There is another world. And you can choose not to believe it, but I'm telling you, it is real. And why die one day and then choose to believe when it's too late? Why not say, God, you know what? I don't understand everything about you. And I, I'm telling you, I'm not religious. That's okay. God says, I'm not either. In fact, I came to do away with religion. I came to be the way. I came to be the truth. I came to give you life. I didn't come to stick my finger in your face. You're already condemned. Your sins have already condemned you. I came to say, man, I love you. Give me those stuff. Give me that sin. Give me your burdens. Give me the, the things that you have done that has stained your life. And let me put them on me because I can bitch it. I can handle it. I can absorb it. And I will crucify it. And three days later, I'm telling you, I'm going to come up out of that tomb alive and I'm going to beat death and I'm going to beat and defeat hell and I'm going to defeat and beat the grave because I am the great I am and beside me there is no other. No wonder they call him the Savior. Today Jesus says, come. I love you. The truth is, guys, the truth is none of us are guaranteed another moment. The truth is that when you die, you will meet God. And today, he's, le he's leaning into you to be your Savior. But if you, through pride, through a stiff, hardened heart, say, no, I don't need him. I don't need that. Then you know what? You won't get it. And you will die without Christ. And like trying to get on an airplane without a ticket, good luck. You'll be arrested in your sins. And you'll be thrown in the pit of hell, the jail cell of hell. Because you didn't have the ticket to get in. And Jesus says, I got a ticket, it's free. You don't have to deserve it or earn it. Nothing you can do 
would deserve it or earn it. I want to give you eternal life. So today I'm asking with you and I'm pleading with you from the bottom of my heart. I believe with all my heart there are people today that your whole life God Almighty has been after you. He has loved you with an everlasting love. He has pursued you with grace and mercy. He's protected you when your life should have ended. You should have been dead. It was seizing on you. It was pulling you under. And God Almighty stepped in and said, Hell no! He ain't going there. She ain't going there. He's going to have another chance. She's going to have another chance. And today's that chance. Don't push off Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. He'll love you even though you think you can't even love yourself. He'll forgive you when after 20 years you've struggled with self-forgiveness. And he'll come in you and he will make you new. And I'm telling you something, he will wash away your sins and you will pass from death to life because Christmas is for a cause. And you, my friend, are that cause. I'm passionate about this. It's the very reason God allowed me to be born and live as long as I've lived is to tell people there's a loving God and I'm not angry, I'm just passionate. And can I tell you, he's not angry. He's passionate. He's not willing that any should perish in your sins. That's why he chose the nails. Nails didn't hold him to the cross. His love held him to the cross. And when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. And he said, Father, I love him. Father, I love her. Forgive them because they will not understand what they do. Today's a new day for people. I want to ask you to be honest today. It's a holy moment. If you're here today and you say, listen, I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about you gave money one time. I'm not talking about being a good person. Because even on your best day, your goodness compared to God's greatness is filthy rags it's disgusting it's like a poopy diaper man it doesn't even compare I hope we're tracking but Jesus says I love you will you receive God's love today and everything that goes with it today's your opportunity I'm not trying to get you to join this church I'm not trying to force us religion on you is none of those things I'm not religious I'm a Jesus follower and I want to tell you something He took this little boy who was filled with anger because his mama died when he was four and grew up with a lot of problems. And you know what? He took that anger and he forgave me for everything I ever did and said. And he's embraced me with a grace that I tell you I don't ever want to let go of. No wonder they call him the Savior. You're here today and you say, Tim, that's me. I don't have a relationship with God. And today, if I'm getting the message, if I'm hearing you right, I'm understanding that, that Christmas is for a cause. And that cause is me. That God loved me so much. And so I just want to receive that love today. I need the love of God. I, I need Jesus to be my Savior. I need my sins forgiven. Not hidden, not covered, but deleted, gone. I need a fresh start in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over this room? I won't embarrass you. I promise I won't do anything weird here. I'm asking you to care enough about yourself and your soul that will live for eternity to say, that's me. I need him today. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? Holy Spirit, give them power. Give them courage. God, I pray that you would right now help them on the count of three. One, 
two, three. All over this room, would you hold up your hand? Would you raise your hand? You say, that's me. That's me. I promise I won't embarrass you. Hold it up high. It's not to me. Hold it up high. You're holding it up to God. You're saying, that's me, God. You're saying, that's me. I need your love. Keep them up, please. I see a hand, and I see another hand. Who else? I see another hand. Holy Spirit, help them in this moment. Give them courage. Who else? I'm telling you, man, this is all me today like white on rice. I believe there's some people in the house today that God's given you another opportunity, man. That God spared your life for today. Don't say no to them. Who else? Someone else in the house today. You say, that's me. I need this love. I need this forgiveness. Raise your hand in the room today. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down. So, here's the moment. The Bible says, here's how you receive that love. You receive it like Christmas time when someone hands you a present. You take it. It becomes yours. You don't do anything to earn it. You open it up. Surprise! It's amazing. And I promise you one thing. When you invite Jesus to come into your life and make you new, surprise! It's amazing. It's amazing grace. All you have to do is humble yourself and say to God, you can pray this prayer. You say it out loud. In fact, you know what? Let's just do something today. Would everybody repeat this prayer after me? Just say it out loud to help those who are saying it today for the first time. Would you repeat after me? Oh God, say it like you mean it. Oh God, I am a sinner. You know my sins. And I understand and believe that my sins have separated me from your love. But I also have heard that you died on the cross. You shed your blood to wash me clean, to make me new. And I don't understand all of you, God. But I understand that you love me. And I accept the gift, the greatest gift, Jesus. Come into my life. Make me new. And teach me how to live. In this moment, there are angels that they're dancing. I'm telling you, man, someone just put a tune on. There's a beat to it. They're excited. There's a party. I can't help but some bluebell to believe some bluebells getting broken out. There's some cake happening. Some people are shouting and amazing. And some angels are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And I'm telling you, man, all heaven's getting excited because the Bible says that when you accept God's love, all of a sudden you have passed from death to life and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you will never ever ever be separated from his love and I'm telling you something neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present I'm telling you anything nothing can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus give the Lord a hand today hallelujah my God